This is the Mobile Tech Podcast, brought to you by worldpodcasts.com. Now here's your host, tech girl, Miriam Jouar. Hi, and welcome to the Mobile Tech Podcast. I'm your host, Miriam Jouar, and today is Wednesday, February 19th, 2020, and my guest is Corey Gaskin of Digital Trends. Hi, Corey. How are you? Hey, Miriam. I'm good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Uh, lots of crazy stuff happened this week. We had uh, Mobile World Congress being canceled. I mean, the list goes on. It was just kind of insane. It was hectic. And on top of that, we all got to basically handle the Galaxy Z Flip in some way or another. One day loan, which is kind of crazy. What What is it with PR people right now giving us devices very last minute for a short time? <laughs> Are they? Do you think it's a lack of confidence? What's going on here? I mean, specifically with the Galaxy Z Flip, it sort of comes off that way. A lack of confidence, perhaps, in the product. But also, I, I don't want to go that far, maybe, because even in my 24 hours, it seemed pretty good. And I'm not seeing too much about it being broken just yet, at least not as bad as the Fold was. But the thing, I think the main thing was supply. And it's clear that they did not supply many for customers or for reviewers. So... They probably just wanted to get quick turnaround so everybody could get them like a, a day or a turn with it. But that's that's kind of lame too, though, you know, like feel like they should have taken that into account. And, you know, th- it just proves that this is a very niche device that even like reviewers can't get much hands on. But it's not the messaging around it, right? The messaging around it is this is a phone. We make it. It folds. It's it's the folding phone for everyone is kind of the vibe I got from. Me too. Uh, it's, I, I don't know. No, I, me too. I mean, that's kind of why I'm like, okay, the the supply thing I think is a genuine issue. And I can see that yeah. probably resulting in the PR strategy we've seen around this. But at the same time, I feel like, uh, you shouldn't you have planned for that? Aren't you a big enough company? I can kind of understand Moto might have a harder time, but it's Samsung. Come on, right? Yeah. Anyway. Which means, like I said, it feels like it means it just was like, it was more of a niche device than they were, you know, leading it on to be. And that's fine. You know, it's more of an experiment and I see that. But yeah, they're definitely not, you know, posing it as such. Um, the, the the real thing that they're saying is it's for style. That doesn't, which is, I guess, their euphemism for saying it's a niche device, but not really having to say, mm, you may experience drop shipments, for instance, like drop releases yeah. and yeah. things like that. So, and like very, very few. I think the most that I heard in stock for somebody, because many people just went and bought it that day too, many reviewers that I know. And yeah. I think when they got to places that actually had it, the most I heard in stock was two. Wow, yeah. I mean, I missed that boat. I really didn't think the supply was going to be so limited. And so as a result, I just uh, didn't order right away. And I, because either. I thought like, Moto was, I was like, Moto, okay, I get it. Moto is going to be a little crunchier, right? In, uh, in its yeah. supply chain. Uh, but I figured Samsung wouldn't have any issues, um, but I was mistaken. So I've, I'm waiting to actually buy one right now. When stock comes back, uh, I'm going to only buy it. Did you place an order it. yet? No, because it's not, you can't even place an order. Best Buy has a crazy return policy I'm not into because I'm not going to keep this. There's no way I can afford keeping this. So Same. if I order one right now, uh, Best Buy has like a $45 return policy, like, restocking for your something it's crazy like that yeah oh my god yeah on phones they do things have changed since um, i worked there 
Yeah, and so you know, with uh, with Samsung's return policy, it's a lot more flexible. But I've heard horror stories of people trying to return their phones and not getting their money back and stuff. So Samsung customer oh, service. Man. I mean, look, I don't want to spend more time talking about PR strategy <laughs> and marketing and and you know inventory here. Um, no, no, I'm serious. Yeah, I think yeah. I think this is an important discussion to have, and I'm a little just right. flummoxed, I guess that. They had such a hard time supplying us with devices. But that being said, you spent time with one more than a day, I believe, right? No, just a day, actually. I just had that 24-hour loan period, um, and I did actually place an order that day uh, on Best Buy. And now you're making me feel like I'm going to regret it. But I placed an order, and it still doesn't – I don't know when I'm going to get it. But, yeah. Um, so I got to have the 24 hours with it. That was – pretty great um i mean they probably they really i think the other side of why they sorry to get back into strategy here for just a quick second i think the other side of no, why they cool. really did that <laughs> though is yeah because you know what it plays into it because it's kind of clear that like in 24 hours you're not gonna have a lot bad to say about a device that seems to be executing things pretty well yeah i just i want to be clear to people who are listening i mean you guys all know me and listening on the show right now because you've listened for years, but I'm not negative here about the Z Flip. I actually feel this phone is the one in terms of finally kind of nailing a decent experience for everyone. Um, You know, of course it has its caveats and it's going to be a different experience than using a, you know, candy bar phone like we've been using forever now, like a slab of glass and metal that doesn't fold. So, I mean, there are some issues here that are specific to this phone that I don't think are, you know, bad per se. So you sound like you've had a pretty good experience for the one day you used it. I've only had it in hand for a few minutes, so I'd love to hear your take. Yeah, I mean, you know, right when you pick it up, it feels it feels pretty solid. It's like got a good heft to it. It feels kind of well balanced, and you see that it like looks good and um, is made of pretty premium materials. And then when you flip it open, um, it has a really nice stiff range of motion, but not too stiff um, that you can't actually just flick it kind of open if you needed to, just with a little extra oomph. Um, I, like to compare yeah. it to the Motorola Razor, the Motorola Razor was just like kind of floppy in comparison and didn't have a lot of resistance. It's not meant to stay within that range of motion between um, 90 and 180 degrees as the flip is meant to, because they want you to be able to set it down on a table and you know use it like an imp- impromptu tripod. And so it's more rigid. And that's really a cool feature, right? Yeah, I love that. I mean, I love that, 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 that that's what they did with that form factor, because that's, um, you know, it doesn't, I'll be honest, it doesn't afford a ton of new ways to use your phone. I mean, Physically, yes, it's a new way to use your phone because nobody's ever been able to just prop their phone up like a little laptop on the on the you know not since maybe like the the like LG V series of like actual flip phones back like back in the day, but yeah, in the yeah. modern time, these this is a pretty cool way to like interact with a full beautiful screen. So it doesn't change a ton in terms of the user interface. They do have that flex mode thing that like makes the bottom half 
essentially just extends the bottom half to be a different thing than what's going on on the top half, like the camera. Yeah, it just adjusts based on the angle of opening to optimize the UI, which I think is really cool, actually. To me, those are the yeah. features, I think, that stand out. Yeah. Um, I mean, look, the reality is, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I've, again, only had limited time with the Z Flip and limited time with the Razer as well. But my gut feeling is that these are phones you can't really open with one hand easily, right? I've... I disagree. I could okay. open it pretty well with one hand. Like I said, it just takes a little extra oomph just to kind of like give a little momentum to the flip so that like with your wrist so that it flips open for you. Um, Interesting. But if you do that, I mean, I have rather large hands, I guess you could say, like medium to large hands. So I guess it's a little, it could be a little easier for me because it is a pretty long device. Um, but I was able to open it with one hand pretty easily. Um, and I did over and over again. Um, awesome. So like, so I had it for the 24 hours and I was just like running around the city trying to take pictures, trying to just like use it. I was like in Ubers, out of Ubers, navigating, taking pictures, flipping it open, sending texts, figuring stuff out. And I mean, yeah, number one, it was just so satisfying to do to like yeah. open the phone and close it again. And I oftentimes would just close it with two hands, especially if I was like walking around and navigating and I was like, all right. And I would just like kind of take my take my other hand and just kind of close it just like you know like a little like a makeup compact just real quick and it just like felt good i don't know it's just like this yeah, weird yeah. like i in my in my um review like 24 hour little review thing i mentioned that it's almost like getting a small dose of asmr like when yeah you close i saw it and, i saw that and i'm i'm linking that in the show notes folks so if you're following at home uh, and you, you're not driving or something right now, Ch click on the link and have a look at the same time as you listen to the show. Um, you know, it's interesting. I'm glad you were telling me this because my gut feeling was that these two phones were going to be hard to open with one hand. So knowing that you can open them with one hand is good. Um, and can you close them with one hand? You said you weren't, but was that on purpose I was. or just because you couldn't? It was, you could do either. I could definitely close it with one hand. Um, but again, I do have like, general like kind of larger hands but i could close it with one hand pretty easily and but i just ended up closing it with the other hand just because i don't know just the way that i was well when i was like walking i think it was literally just a matter of it was just instinct really i didn't like i think maybe i would be too scared to close it with one hand while i was like walking around over concrete you know it's funny to me i'd just be scared of opening it with one hand as well like i'll i'll be honest it was very cold that day and I was getting very worried because I could not feel my hands. So opening oh, it was a little scary, but only because I couldn't feel my hands. Wow. <laughs> but otherwise, it felt, yeah. So that's something you kind of think about in the back of your head, like especially since you only had 24 hours and it's not yours. But um, It yeah. comes with a protective uh, kind of shell, doesn't it? It the what the ones that we got didn't actually. Did, okay, so you really didn't even have that as a backup, even right? No, which wow. is strange because yeah, we could we probably could have used it, but I think it does come in the retail packaging, like a like a clamshell kind of case for it, two piece case. Yeah, like they had for very similar, I think, to what they had for fold. Yeah, right. It just kind of clamps on both halves, basically. Yeah. Um, and gives it a little bit, probably more like scratch protection than sh than drop protection. And that's generally how I handle cases on my devices. I don't do it for like dropping in the phone Same. protection. I do it for just scuffing the phone. You know that time when you drop the phone and nothing's gonna break, but you're gonna get some cosmetic, you know, s scratches from the concrete or whatever. And instead, your twenty dollar case takes the grunt of that, and you can buy another twenty dollar case, and you 
you're back in business, you know? Yeah, I don't even use a case. So, <laughs> so you're, so I didn't used to for a long, long time. And I, you know, considering I've been reviewing phones since like 2005, I have only dropped, I think, two or three review units in that period of time. I average about 50 phones a year that come into my, on my desk that I use. So, like, that's not bad, but the ones I did drop never actually broke to the point where I had to, um, they weren't working anymore. Uh, but I've had some cracked glass and I've had some scuffs that happened before I had my photos taken. So I've had, when yeah. I was at Engadget, actually uh, happened a couple of times where they sent me a new review in it because I, I, I screwed it up. So I, I mean, but my, for my personal use With now, the review I unit, just, I agree. I yeah. yeah, for my personal use now, I, I do use like a, I'm a big fan fan of the minimal cases um, by this company okay. called Minimal, and they're pretty thin soup. They're pretty super thin, like plastic, frosted plastic. So you keep the color and the look and feel of your phone, and you add that basically just kind of a. It's like almost like a skin, right? A very thin skin that protects it from scratches. But uh, I digress. I think that's kind of like <laughs> what the case that they include is like a nice clear case because it's because exactly, here's yeah. the thing it's a really cool looking phone and I think this about most phones, um, but especially the Galaxy Z Flip it has this really nice mirror finish so like to put a case on it would be like totally understandable because I'm not I am not very confident about the durability of this phone if were it to drop whether open or closed. I mean, you know, that's. I think that's true of a lot of phones. I mean, I, I think that if you're true. in an apartment or something, wood or carpet, you're probably not going to break a phone today. You'd but if right. you're dropping yeah. it on concrete out in the street, you're going to scratch it at least, yeah. if not break something. I mean, that's the reality. Least. You know? Yeah. Um, yep. So tell me about other things on this phone. First of all, um, how do you feel about that front display? Because, okay, so the, the issue I feel for folding phones in general, is that what about those little things you do on your phone that you don't really need the full display for, like checking notifications, answering phone calls, and obviously, you know, two different strategies. You Well, three if you take the fold, right? So the fold had the strategy of the entire phone is replicated in front, but the reality is was, as Ron Amadeo said in his review on Ars Technica, it's not really usable as a the front display on the fold like it's just too small everything's too small um it's not usable in the sense that you don't want to text or anything from that's it, what that's i'm saying sure. like you, you know the, the, they, right. they build it samsung build it as it's a phone when it's closed and it's a tablet when it's open but both were flawed and that was kind of what ron's take was on that um i have a controversial take on that actually oh yeah Do <laughs> my tell. controversial take all right first of all i'll be honest didn't love the galaxy fold but because to me my personal use for uh for phones like it's too big when it's unfolded for me to text comfortably on and again i have like decently big hands it's not an issue of that it just feels awkward and also i don't like the split keyboard i know you don't have right. to use it split but it's also just weird shape to use even if it's not so whether it's open or closed i did not enjoy texting on that phone and that was the and main that's what reason I'm saying. why I and stopped using it. I agree it. with you. And that's what Ron was saying. It's like, it's a bad phone when closed. It's a bad tablet when open. And Android is wow. always a bad tablet anyway. I mean, the reality is like, I think Samsung's probably the closest to making a tablet that's half decent um, because they've been doing it for years and they, you know, add all this layer of special software, but it's still nowhere close to an iPad, in my opinion. If you want a good right. tablet today, iPad's pretty much the only way to fly, I think. Um, unless uh, yeah. you want, you know... A convertible or something and then windows i think does a pretty decent job but um uh, what I'm, I'm looking forward to that duo then i bet 
Yeah, well, let's see what happens with that, right? But <laughs> yeah. Getting back to the, the Z Flip and to the Razer, um, so what, we saw the Fold doing one thing for the external display, and then now the yeah. Razer did, and the Flip are basically the same form factor. Uh, essentially, phones that, when open, are the size of a phone that fold in half into your pocket. And the Razer has this pretty large front display for what the device is, and then the right. Z Flip has a really tiny little display. So... What was your experience comparing the two, and which one do you like better? I actually didn't get a Razer review unit, and I'm still oh, waiting yeah, neither on Neither did mine. I, so don't worry. <laughs> it, it, another issue of supplies, that's for sure. Um, but just You've before used we, it, though, is what I'm saying. Just at the initial hands-on, but just going based off like the, um, the initial... Uh, outside screen because once we get into the inside screen it's a different ball game entirely oh, for, for sure. these two yeah. but yeah we'll yeah. get there i'm sure but um on the outside screen motorola wins there only because it has like a bigger more useful screen and it's a touch screen and you can kind of interact with it and i think correct me if i'm wrong you can actually respond through tech yeah you can through like quick replies through text messages yeah they have front. all these you know basically what if you have moto software on a normal moto phone today like a recent moto phone all of that Stuff you can do in the lock screen before unlocking your phone um, right. works basically on the front screen on the Razer, which I think is a very clever thing. Yeah. Um, but my my real question is, do you feel that the Z Flip is limited by that tiny little display? Is it it's, still yeah. perfectly usable or do you feel like it should be bigger? You know, me personally, it depends on who you ask because one way you can look at it is that it's kind of minimizing how much you have to or will be able to interact with your phone and kind of gives you like just a little bit more impetus to be like, nah, let me not open my phone because maybe you get a notification and you can see what kind of notification it is in most instances. And then maybe you can just be like, I don't care or whatever. You just get just a little slight nudge more to maybe not open and see what it's about because now you got to open your phone next. But if it's an important notification, of course, then, you know, it's like you, you can like for messages, you see a little ticker thing. But it's such a small screen that like a message that's longer than three words it has to scroll across and it just takes longer than it's worth. So by then, then you, you open the it up. Open yeah, yeah. Seen it and so you feel that it's exactly. okay and in helping you be less immersed in the phone basically right now? Like are you are you feeling like yeah, it's helping you sure. there? Okay, that's interesting. So it's not bad, but it could potentially be better, right? It could definitely be better. Me personally, I would prefer a bigger, more useful screen because I would like to be able to use, just like how Motorola kind of had some experiences you can use on the outside, I would like more so that it's almost like you can use it closed or open just for like basic things like texting or navigating or, you know, like the two or three things that you do like the most and don't want to always be flipping open, flipping open, flipping open for it. Like a text that comes in, a navigation comes in. Those two or three things would be great. Um, but it's, but I mean, they do have stuff like you can use it as a viewfinder, which worked pretty well, I thought, um, to uh, take selfies yeah. so you don't have to open the phone for that. And I thought that worked really well. It just, yeah, if it was a little bit bigger, then it would definitely be more useful. Um, but otherwise, it's fine, you know? I, I, that's my only What about one. using it once it's opened and it's basically a real phone, like a normal phone in a way, uh, when it's open? <laughs> yeah. Do you feel that, like, it just feels like a... My gut feeling when I used the Z Flip at the demo area in San Francisco for the launch last week was that if, you know, spec-wise and experience-wise, it's very much like a slightly larger Galaxy S10e, you know? Right. Um, if you look spec-wise, it's pretty much that, uh, especially with that fingerprint sensor mounted on the side. 
So do you feel that, like, was it just fine? Like, it's just a phone and everything is just exactly the way you expect it? It feels in hand like a normal phone, balance-wise and everything else? Yeah, you know, honestly, that's the beauty of it. Aside from the initial satisfaction of flipping open your phone, when it's open, it's basically just a phone. Yeah. And, like, that's, you know, exactly what they're going for and kind of how they hit it. And, you know, it's a slightly tall screen, but I didn't really get pay much attention to it or have any real pause about it when I was using it. Again, I said, some, some, if anybody hasn't gotten it by now, my hands are sort of large. <laughs> so I didn't have this any issue with the size of the screen. This is going to be the name of the show. My hands are sort of large. <laughs> I don't name the shows, but so you're lucky you're getting out of this one. But Oh, thank God. Because that is the theme. For yeah, sure. it's kind of funny. <laughs> I, can't, I can't stress it enough, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's um, fair. Um, so yeah, it was like a total normal experience. And that's what I liked. I didn't care about the crease. It's totally forgettable. It's in the center of the screen, which you'd be surprised how little you touch the center of your screen, yeah. number yeah. one. And number two, when you're looking at it straight on, you really don't see the crease. Yeah, no, I noticed so, that. And I mean, the fold has had a crease as well. And it, I mean, it's there and you just get used to it. The, uh, it's interesting that the Razer does definitely have less of a, of a, you know, a crease, a visible crease. So there's something you best yeah, said. We want, you want to go yeah, there? Yeah, well, let's, we're going to go there in a minute. But I, <laughs> I think that there's a lot to be said there. But I think that, uh, you know, it's an interesting design choice, right? They made a display that yes. slides basically, right? In and out of the right. shell uh, in a way and kind of teardrops into the hinge. Whereas the Z Flip and the, right. the Fold are pretty much just creasing, not, you know, much tighter um, folding of the it display, is creasing, yeah, you know, right. creasing it, right? Right. Like pinching it in a way. Yeah. And, and it's, and it's, it closes a little tighter on the, on the Z flip than it did on the fold, which is nice. So you can yeah. see them improving. You know, we're going to discuss the whole glass fiasco. There was a slight controversy, but I think it was cleared up quickly. Yeah. Let's talk about that in a minute. But, but from my gut was touching it. I definitely felt that compared to the fold and to the razor, this was a better tactile experience touching that screen. Definitely. Right. 100% yeah. because, you know, nobody's really trying, like, you're not pressing hard on a screen ever, really, like, not on their phone. So you'll never feel like it's not a glass screen on there, and it is. Um, so it just feels like you're just touching a regular touchscreen, and then if you tap on it, it feels like glass, and, uh, and it's not lumpy like the Razer that, you know, it's a great idea to have this screen that, like, is almost like paper so that it can, like, contorts when it's when it um folds flat um but it just didn't feel good on like when it's unfolded and there's a lot going on with that screen that is very problematic yeah right for now. sure so we're gonna get into the two like big you know stories of the week in terms of the razor screen issues and let's be real the z flip screen issues um i said glass fiasco probably a little too harsh but we'll get to it because i do feel like <laughs> it's not a fiasco it is not a gate it's just a lack of again communication on the part of the marketing pr team something we touched upon earlier like it seems to me that samsung really needs and moto to some extent to really up their game when it comes to communicating with both the media and consumers and I don't understand how they can't get that right after the Note 7, after the Fold, you know. And, well, I'm willing to give Moto a bit more of a pass because they haven't really messed really? anything up in the past, like, before. Uh, I you guess. know what I'm saying? Like, I in think, PR terms, they didn't really do anything no, wrong. No, but they didn't handle it very well either. I mean, I'm not taking right. them off the hook. I'm just saying that I feel like Moto hasn't had, like, this history of messing that up, whereas I think Samsung does. And... 
and I'm annoyed. But you know, when I'm annoyed, that's why I have a podcast, so I can rant and both rant <laughs> and rave. Um, but um, yeah. talk about the rest of the experience in general. Like the cameras, as I said, it feels yeah. to me like it's just the Galaxy S10e cameras coming to a Z Flip, basically. Yeah, you know, the specs on them looked like the same as the S20. Yeah, they're probably the newer um, sensors, the you know, the new 12 megapixel right. wide and regular. But I mean, if you look on right. paper, right, like the 10E had a 12 megapixel ultra wide and a 12 megapixel main. So I think right. that they're probably the updated versions, but at the same time, it's the same with the Snapdragon, right? right. It's an 855 plus, not an 855. Right. So there are some improvements, yeah. obviously. I mean, you expect that for $1,400, right? <laughs> For sure. And that's the thing is like, all right, so just, just overall package deal with the Galaxy Z Flip, $1,400 is a little tough. Um, but, but like most phones, I mean, you're going to be paying obviously for the form factor and the little bit of extra tech you're getting there to make that form factor. But and I don't know, as far as flagships go, like that's, it's $1,000 now is like pretty much. Yeah, the, I don't feel it's basic. excessive, honestly. I feel like, I mean, it it's still I mean okay relatively speaking it's not excessive yeah. when you say as you said when you compare it to the other f flagships that Samsung's selling like the S twenty Ultra is almost the same price, um, and if right. you max out the memory on the twenty Ultra it's even more so, but uh -huh. I feel like we're also kind of like where do we stop here right Corey like does yeah. does next well, year's iPhone cost two grand <laughs> and next year's Galaxy S thirty cost two grand and do we just shrug I, at that oof. and go oh it's only 75 dollars a month on contract and right now it's about 60 right that's the thing is that everything's installment payments now and it's like and that's like kind of a cultural thing that's happening with our subscription and this is very u.s centric culture. kind of perspective too because you know what that's if you true. live in san francisco or new york and your your little coffee in the morning costs you four dollars you know you're gonna say oh well you know it was sixty dollars for the s ultra the s20 ultra in 2020 and now it's you know uh $70 for the S30 Ultra in 2021 which now costs like yeah. $1700 um but you know it's only two coffee drinks like you know a month i can handle that yeah but but where do you month. stop right? right like that's exactly. kind of what i'm worried about but of course for yeah. the Z Flip i'm willing to give it like $400 premium right and it's really what you're looking at it's about 400 i'm hoping to see it like yeah it's like a $400 premium to have this really cool device and honestly if i was a Galaxy fan I think it would be worth it for me. I would, like if I was like an ardent Galaxy user, like if I, I'm not a, not a Galaxy fan. I love what they do, but I don't use them personally as my main device. If I did, I'd probably get the Z Flip. And I mean, I'd definitely get the Z Flip, I'll be honest. If I used a Galaxy S10 or even an S20, I'd probably just get the Z Flip instead. Because going back to the cameras real quick, the only thing you're missing is the telephoto. Um, so you're missing like the optical zoom for up to three times, which is like fine, you know. And like the bigger sensors for more detail capture, yeah. which is another like fine feature for being able to like crop in really tight and not lose much detail even after the fact. Um, but I don't find myself doing that much. I don't know if I was able to more. Maybe I, yeah, I probably would. But for now, I value <laughs> for this year or for the next year or two until I upgrade my next phone, I value having this cooler thing more than having. Really just, I don't know, to me it's mostly just the cameras that you're getting out of the S20s range yeah, yeah. more than you're getting, you know, because I don't really care about 5G or whatever else, like, I don't have it. It's not really that widespread. I feel if, so it's the camera, if you're the so. average user today, 
um, and you want something different, you're willing to pay the premium, I think the S, uh, the Z Flip is the way to go too. Because like most people, like honestly, if you're going to have only two cameras, to me, it's ultra wide and the regular. I don't care about the telephoto as much. Definitely. Um, so, that, you know, that's why I think Agreed. Apple made the right decision on the uh, S11. And that's why I think uh, Google did the wrong decision on the uh, Pixel 4. Uh, but, yeah. you know, actually, I think Google made the wrong decision on Pixel 4 because at that price point, it should have three cameras, okay? In my opinion, like, let's <laughs> yeah, not beat around yeah, the bush. I've talked tough. about this at length in the show. I'm so sick of it. Um, but <laughs> that's why I carry a Pixel 4 XL as my main phone and uh, along with a um, iPhone 11 as my secondary because that way I get the best of both worlds. There you go. I get the great video uh, from yeah. the iPhone. I get the ultra wide from the iPhone yep. and then everything else is on the on the uh, Pixel. I know that's weird, but we're phone nerds and my listeners, a lot of them yeah. are phone nerds. So I think they can relate. But um, I feel you. I feel you. I'll be, I'm, I feel like I'm an outlier. I carry one phone. I only carry, uh, people are going to hate this, but I carry an iPhone. I use the iPhone 11 Pro for a couple reasons. I mean, I'm glad that the camera's finally like, probably the best i think it's the best in the game right now uh if not very very close it um but that's that's yeah, yeah that's i mean look i don't think it's a me. bad choice and i've always been a big fan of iphones and i recommend them to people i just have issues with ios and the whole ecosystem lock-in um and that's why i prefer yeah. android but i honestly if i had to buy a phone to do everything right now i'd really have a hard decision to make it wouldn't be a pixel even though i've long time pixel and you know nexus user here but i feel like it would be an iphone 11 pro um probably the max or it would be ah maybe that samsung galaxy s20 ultra now or some kind of one plus wow. phone because pure android yeah. and relatively decent overall in every way or maybe i'd go crazy i actually don't think i would because without well let me let me explain where I was going with this before I get into detail. I was thinking Huawei, um, but and hear yeah. me out. Every Huawei phone that I've reviewed lately, mm. <laughs> um, I put GMS on, so it's fine. Like I can use them, it's fine. Um, but Google Pay doesn't work right. because GMS phones. Well, when you re-enable GMS on the Huawei phones, they look rooted to um, to uh, Android. So they're not, but they mm -hmm. do look like they've been tampered with, basically, and so. Uh, if you you know that if you unlock the bootloader on any Android phone, Google Pay stops working, right? You don't have to root the phone. Uh, there's right. a lot of things you can do to your Android phone that make Google Pay stop working. And uh, apparently taking any Huawei Honor phone that have been released without GMS and putting GMS back on is tr pretty trivial. Uh, there's a bunch of videos out there if you Google it. But then you don't have Google Pay. And I use Google Pay all the time. So I that's that eliminates yeah. Huawei. So I think honestly it'd be a toss between a Samsung and an iPhone for me. And it's kind of sad to say because, or maybe as I said, a OnePlus. It's sad to say because normally I'm not really a Samsung or an iPhone person at all. So, hmm. That's funny because I would say if I didn't have an iPhone, I would use a Samsung phone and it would, at this point, it would be the Z Flip. Yeah, I'm actually thinking that too. I'm like, why don't I just call it a day and just buy a Z Flip and be cool for a while? Honestly, yeah. <laughs> you know, it'd be really cool for a little That's bit, right. for sure. You know, it'd be so much fun. Like I'm telling you, after 24 hours, I'm literally having withdrawals for flipping Well, it's my coming. Phone. I'm, I'm getting mine as well. We'll be partying together soon. Uh, so let's talk about that oh, controversy. Man. You're going to probably get yours before uh, me. I don't jealous. know about that. Um, <laughs> let's talk about that controversy. We'll <laughs> I called it a fiasco because I love that word and it's probably a bit excessive. But um, 
some people call it Glassgate, <laughs> some people call it whatever. Um, again, it's a messaging issue on the part of Samsung that's a failure on their end. And it's the ultra thin glass um, controversy. Uh, there's been a lot of stuff. So, you know, I won't link directly to them because there's a lot of videos that are relevant here. I fix its teardown. Uh, Zach over at Jerry Rig Everything has two videos. Jerry, one yeah. where mm -hmm. he, he breaks, you know, basically breaks the, the glass, the display, the plastic, the glass. We'll get to that in a second. Plastic, glass, glass, plastic, plastic. Um, <laughs> and then he also yeah. actually uh, tears it down in a separate video. So he does a, dur a durability test and then a, a teardown. Um, all of these can be found on YouTube, but I'll link to an article um, that Android Police wrote that kind of summarizes it. Uh, basically, you know, they went rah-rah-rah during the presentation, all the marketing material about this being the first phone with an ultra-thin, flexible, flexible glass. folding glass. <laughs> and so, look, it seems sci-fi-ish, but if you've been following the mobile tech trends, you know that a number of companies, including Corning, have been working on this. So it's not impossible. Um, right. and so we all thought, and especially when we touched it, like you spent a day with it, like it feels really different on the screen compared to, um, the, the plastic folding phones we've been using, the plastic displays like on the razor and in the fold, right. So, or even the mm -hmm. Mate X, if you've ever touched a Mate X and I have, um, it's a different experience. And so we were all like, okay, this is it. Right. And then, you know. People started testing it. It's not just Zach. Others have taken it apart and done durability tests. And it felt like there was basically oh, yeah. a plastic layer, at least that maybe the entire screen was plastic, but at least that there was a plastic layer on the top layer. And right, because so, they were scratching Yeah, because it. it's easy to scratch, you know? Yeah. So this is what like took a spike or whatever and like we're scratching yeah. on it and you know it scratched very yeah easily. you know you uses uh, most scale which is a hardness scale and he uses these picks that are different hardnesses and you know usually you know in the most scale six to seven is what a normal glass display starts scratching at and two to three was what this was scratching at so it was much easier to scratch basically and so the Definitely. takeaway is everybody's freaking out everybody reached out to samsung and the media are going like oh what gives what's happening here like to me what blows my mind Corey correct me if I'm wrong, is how could they not anticipate that iFixit and Zach would get at this phone and tear it down? Yeah, I mean, they know they this is coming. Known. How can they, they not plan known. for it and be completely upfront in their marketing? All I, so yeah. the, the takeaway... And it wouldn't have been that bad for them to just... Because what they ended up saying, right, was that there's a plastic layer over the ultra Correct, and Zach was confirming and that in tearing down... And, you know, yeah. so now we all know it's a super thin layer of glass underneath plastic. And fair enough, right. it's ultra thin glass. Yeah. And I mean, like, yeah, if they just said that in anything that they said about it to media or to anybody, just, you know, specifically to media, because we're the ones who are going to tell people like those kinds of finer details, you know, but it's, it's not a bad thing. It's like, you know, you reinforce the glass with like plastic over it, you know, it can help from... If your phone were to drop and shatter, like it's not going to all splinter out into everywhere. And, you know, it's it's not a bad thing. It's it's going to be a little less scratch resistant. They didn't have to say that in any of their keynotes or anything. But, you know, people could infer and obviously they would find out as they did. Like if know? I'm being hard on Samsung and particularly on, you know, their messaging and marketing here, it's not because I don't like what they're doing. It's not because I don't think what they're doing is technically an achievement. I think it is. This is, to me, feels like the first well-sorted fold foldable display on a device. Yeah, it feels like the future. It feels <laughs> like it could fly. It's just going to take some more, 
you know, coddling and babying than your normal phone. And that's totally okay. That is totally fine. Yep. Now, what I'm trying to get to is that they could alle- have alleviated a lot of this, you know, reactions around this plastic layer if they had been totally clear about it. it. It wouldn't make the phone less of an impressive achievement on a technical level because let's call it what it is. This is, they're trailblazing here, Samsung. They're the only ones on Gen 2 and Gen 2 seems to be pretty well damn sorted, okay? So yeah, I think it's that it's just like, how can they step on their own feet like that? Like, I just don't understand the boneheadedness of it all. You know, they were a little maybe too proud. I'm not sure what the issue was, but they definitely should have. All they had to do was just say there's glass, there's plastic over glass. But it is, you know, I guess they just really, really wanted to say this is glass. But like you still could have said it, you know, like it's foldable glass. There's plastic on it. Yeah. Extra layer of protective plastic, whatever. And Um, then. But yeah, there's also a tweet we saw uh, of someone that bought a brand new device and it basically they got a crack and it's clearly glass right where the hinge is while well, right where the crease and the fold happens um yeah. the first time they folded it and they said right. it was in very in very cold temperature and so uh, samsung immediately replaced the phone and they haven't had any issues since but i wonder if that's a one-off thing or if we have to worry about temperature sensitivity on these displays right yeah i'm starting to worry myself too but um yeah, I don't know what they'll do. I feel like if that starts to happen more, they're going to have to continue to do free replacements. For sure. Right now, I think it's, what, like 180 or something like that? 119, I think. Okay, yeah. okay, 119? Yeah, it's actually pretty reasonable. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. That's really good. I mean, how much is an iPhone? It's like 200 Probably, yeah. But I mean, you're paying $1,400, so people are probably like, okay, you know. And also, you want to appease the the fear around this new technology. So I get it. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a balmy 65 degrees here in San Francisco right now, so I certainly can't test this. Uh, but you're uh-huh. in a better place to try out this stuff. Somebody needs, hey, I think maybe uh, Zach can do it. Let me tell you, it was freezing that day. I don't know. And you had no issues, you. right? No, you told me your, your hands were Didn't numb. Okay. So. Yeah, it, my fingers were numb. My face was numb. Yeah, it was very cold out and uh, didn't crack, so... Hopefully it's hope. I'm hoping, but I mean, if it happened so early with the so few devices, you have to kind of think that. Yeah, I mean, it I th- right now it's a one-off again. thing, so I'm not too worried about it. But that was the whole controversy around this, um, in mm. a nutshell. And I wouldn't read too much into it. If you are listening to this show and you're really gung ho about the Z Flip and you're thinking of buying one, or you pre-ordered, or you're going to order, or rather, I shouldn't say pre-order, but you're trying to order because right now that's really the challenge. Um, yeah. d- don't stop yourself. I think this this is I this is something so. you need to uh, just be a little more gentle with than your normal candy bar glass slab. But I think that you're gonna get a very unique experience, and it probably won't be a bad experience. Um, now right. the other big you know related news that we had this week was more drama around the razor. The razor is gonna be has probably been the most dramaful. Um, folding phone since the fold. Since the fold. And, <laughs> Not a and great it's funny because, you know, I want to repeat this because I know we've talked about the razor at length over a series of shows now. But when I got my hands on in LA with it, I really felt it was really well baked. Like I felt like they did a good job. Like all this uh, creaking sound stuff that people are complaining about. And, you know, Raymond Wong at, uh, at Input had his screen delaminate in the crease area. None of this yeah. looked like it oh, was going to be an day. issue when we were, you know, briefed. No, it really didn't. I guess, you know, 
we didn't know what to think like how this would shake out over time because at the time it felt pretty good it didn't really seem that it didn't make all those noises that i'm hearing oh man it's almost on every phone now i think because the ones we played with in la were hand assembled and you know the new ones are not Mm, and i i can really hear the difference like it it was not there in, in la at all yeah, no, it wasn't. And I, maybe the other thing is just the cycled of uses because that's the other thing. Motorola wouldn't tell you how many like use cycle, like open and closed cycles was, was, it was rated for. And not to say that anybody's getting anywhere near close to like what it is rated for, but or should be rated for. But it's clearly, yeah, over time. Oh man, I heard one that literally just sounds like plastic breaking every time it opens. It's really bad. Like, Oof. um, it was like so the screen itself on each end of the phone moves yeah, because exactly. um because it's pulling and retracting and expanding every time you open and close the phone because it does that kind of fold up in the in the hinge that that teardrop that they talk about so it's pulling the screen into that hinge in and out every time that it opens and i could feel it stuttering on the edges of the screen where it was pulling and in the hinge so it felt it sounded like plastic was cracking this is like the worst one i've heard by the way like in person. Wow. It sounded like it was cracking and you could feel like your finger on this display stuttering across as it tried to expand out to the rest of the phone as you open wow. it. Well, so it's, it's, it's getting, let's bad. see what <laughs> happens because I mean, right now I'll be honest with you that as much as I'm, and I talked about this with Michael Fisher over at, uh, uh Mr. Mobile, you know, um, you know, he feels the same way. It's like the nostalgia factor on, the razor for those of you who were around when the razor was a thing is super high but you know not of the what we're seeing in terms of durability and specs and features and everything else really right. and higher cost than the z flip by hundred dollars make this yep. you know this is a complete no-brainer the z flip is the one you want to go for like a hundred percent plus the fact you can no buy chance. it unlocked and you can buy it on you know, for all carriers basically at this point, whereas, exactly. you know, Razor's of Ryzen exclusive. It's just, I hate to say this because I'm a big fan of what Moto does, especially the, I think the G series is brilliant, but it's great. Yeah. You know, like seriously, ugh. And I was happy when they made the, when they came out with the Razor. I was like, oh, look Me at Me too. I was like, look like, at you. Look out. at you playing with yeah. the big kids finally again. Yes. You know? Yeah. But uh. then they, then you immediately saw the specs and you're like, oh no. Well, you know, there's been all these rumors <laughs> of that flagship coming. So I'm hoping that that becomes a hit and there's none of that True. weird stuff. Like, come on, stop with the Verizon exclusives, Moto. What the hell are you thinking? Like, I know you've got this long relationship, but it's only going to hurt you in the US, you know? People want to be able to have choices and you can't just exclusive stuff all the time like that. Um, Moving on, because we are, I don't want us to run out of time. We have a few news items, but I want to, we're still in the folding, you know, know, in that whole weird form factor, new form factor, the future, the future, the future. You know, I want to talk about this leak we saw of a TCL phone that was going to be shown at MWC that That is expandable. (laughs) It slides open in like a drawer, like, you know, the screen is bigger all of a sudden when you slide it. It was just a render, though, the leak, oh, right? Or like a press it's, image. Yeah, I think it is. You're right. Um, yeah. I'll link to a story I, from The Verge, but like, it's interesting. Yeah, I didn't, I don't think, I didn't see like a working model of it or like even well, a picture of a model. I'm pretty sure. Well, in the leak, I, at least, it looked like it was like, this is a photo. This is like a product photo, like, you know, made, like made 
by them. But they might have shown us something working or maybe even behind glass. You never know, right? That would have been so cool because the way it looks, it does legitimately look like. So it looks like a regular phone. And then the other, you so it's two pictures. On it, like you, like you stretch one. it out, and it becomes you a double it, width yeah. phone. And no, no, seemingly in the picture, no crease. No, and again, this is like basically like a product render, like I'm not render, but like completely like looks not like an it actual looks device. CG. Like, let's be let's be honest. Yeah, it's like those CAD. Yeah, it's like those like CAD like mockups yeah. that people do like on YouTube or whatever or wherever they do Twitter. Um. So it looks like that, but it looks like, you know, like a real phone. But that's what it seems to be getting across is that there's no crease there. It just kind of expands into this double the size. And the only thing I can think how that works is like, like Shot was the glass maker that um, was found out to be making the ultra thin glass on the Z Flip. Um, for Samsung. Yeah, yeah. Right. And they on their website, they have uh, they have like video of glass that rolls up. So that's the only thing that I could think would happen. Like it rolls up like a scroll, and then when you open it, it unfurls. Open the, like the or pull out the screen, it like unfurls like a like a scroll or something. I think you know? that's exactly what we're looking at. Yeah, definitely. That would be crazy though, because oh man, can you imagine? Like yeah, <laughs> that's 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 a lot of we're worried about these flipping foldable things, but geez. That one's got a lot going on there. Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. I just want to note, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to the story. Check it out. Um, this is, you know, another form factor. This is a reason I'm excited about what's happening in mobile right now is because we're we're breaking away from our traditional form factors into other form factors, and I think it's exciting. Um, yeah. Qualcomm launched a new 5G modem, the X60, this week, uh, and it's interesting because it can do aggregation between millimeter wave and sub six. Uh, Christian DeLuper wrote about this on Digital Trends. I will link to it. It's basically the successor to the X55 modem that's currently used for 5G on the Snapdragon 865 device, like the S20 series. And uh, the right. big news here is that basically it can run, you know, all three bands at the same time and aggregate them. So you basically like get the best performance possible up to 7.5 gigabits per second is what they're talking about, which is like <laughs> insane. Um, insane and very, very, it's going like, to be like when you're right next attainable. to the base station. I mean, um, yeah, but like how many years do you think it's going to take to get to that? Cause well, look, I think LT the fastest I saw version one was something like rated to be up to like 100 megabits. We very rarely saw that. Right. Even on the, right. The, the follow-up version. So, but I mean, carrier yeah. aggregation makes sense, right? Um, and yeah, and it's sure. a thing. It's and, needed. And so, yeah. So uh, the other news is that they have an, a matching new millimeter wave antenna, the QTM535, if you want to be nerdy. Um, and that's a smaller, you know, better module with better performance, which is, you know, the big challenge for the millimeter wave part of 5G, which as you know, is super high speed, but very short distance kind of, you know, further use in stadiums and airports kind of future. Um, those yeah. require some pretty crazy ass antennas. And so this is going to be that a new antenna. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, they, they are fast. I think the fastest I saw was like two gigabits per second, which was like literally right next to the antenna though. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but yeah, they the millimeter wave sounds like that's uh, the wave. <laughs> I mean, the other thing that I think is really interesting here, from a nerdy point of view, is this is five nanometer 
not seven like previous generations. Five right. nanometer chips, folks. That is insane. Holy crap balls, Qualcomm. Yeah, wow. they're doing it. I know, right? So anyway, yeah, that's that's the news from Qualcomm. And I think it's worthy because it means uh, we're going to see more 5G on more phones, probably at a lower price point. And this is what the future is all about. This, If you're counting at home, this is basically their third gen chip right now. I'm pretty sure, maybe fourth even. And here we are. You're barely seeing 5G still out there. I know it's already on that third gen. So that's pretty exciting. Um, speaking of something that came out of left field, I found an article on Engadget the other day about uh, a bunch of new LG phones, the K-series, which is their mid-range that they've been doing for years. And then 2020 versions of these phones are out or coming pretty soon. And lo and behold, they don't seem to suck. Not that LG's phones necessarily suck, but the, the K-series hasn't really been particularly up on my radar in terms of cool. But we have a K61 and a K51S, and the 61 has a 48-megapixel main camera, and the 51S has a 32-megapixel main camera, and it looks like I think maybe both of them have quad cameras in the back, which is, you know, probably one is for depth or something. But, yeah. yeah. Oh, oh, the fourth one is a macro. Yeah. So it's, it's main... Ultra wide uh, depth sensor and macro, which, as we know, is pretty common. Oppo is doing that. A bunch of companies are doing the fourth camera instead of being a telephoto, which I guess is expensive because of all the optics and this. You need OIS pretty much if you're going to do telephoto. Um, it's much cheaper to put just a macro lens in there, which is cool. I saw it on the Moto phones before. I think it's cool because these are phones that are going to be sold by like in prepaid. We're talking like you know. Uh, previous ones have been sixty to one hundred thirty dollars. Like I mean, you're talking really affordable wow. for you know mostly foreign markets like Latin America and stuff. But of course, for the prepaid uh, world, you know, in the U.S., there's for a sure. lot of that going on. So, and Motorola has definitely been like the biggest player yeah. there. It seems like in the U.S., one like they have some really solid offerings anywhere between like a hundred and three hundred dollars. Like you can get really great stuff. And they actually they did the macro lens with the G series this year too. Um, and it was cool, you know, it's like they kind of, and so that, that's the nice thing about the LGs is that they're giving you, cause what Motorola did is they, I think they like changed it up a little bit. It was like one had a macro and one had, uh, like a telephoto or, and then like one had wide angle and one had macro. Yeah. yeah all the Moto one series, like the, there's like f so many of them. Right. I have a, a few of them. Yeah. But this has all four. Yeah, so like this is cool. for that price range and it looks good. Like this is it's a great time to be in the mid range. I think market. so too. And look, I'm looking at these specs. Six point five inch full H D on the the sixty one, K sixty one. So that's ten eighty P and it looks great. And the yeah. cheaper K fifty one has a, only a seven twenty P display. At six point five inches, that's getting a little crunchy. But yeah, that's a little tough. <laughs> I mean look, at these <laughs> prices you can't complain. These don't look ugly. So No, they look I good. Mean, they look good. I had to mention it. In this case, I think it's more like the low range because the mid-range to me is 250 to 300. This is even lower yeah. than that. So this is exciting. I didn't touch about yeah. this. Uh, I didn't cover this on the last show. Somehow, I've either forgot or it just gotten announced during the recording of the last show. But Essential, the phone company that Andy Rubin started that made give us the PH1, has yep. shut down. They're not going to release that gem phone. <laughs> so how do you feel about that? <laughs> well... There's really one overarching feeling, and it's just like good <laughs> because, yeah. uh, you know, all this stuff came up about Andy Rubin and his sexual harassment and settlement with Google. And 
<sighs> nobody wants to. No, I don't. I know I don't. And a lot of people, when they heard about the gem phone, were rally, they're like, I don't want to see anything that has Andy Rubin's face or name attached to it. I think we it. all so feel like, the same way. Yeah. So it was kind of. I mean, I'm sure that was a huge part of it because. Well, I'm sure nobody wanted backlash. to invest in this company after this. I mean, if I, I, sure. I kind of want to believe that you know, justice kind of prevails that when people do stupid things, they should um, you know. Uh, take responsibility and I don't feel like that's happened really there and I feel like uh, no <laughs> I feel it that didn't. because of that you know we're we're you know taking matters on our own hands and hopefully or thankfully you know the uh, the uh, the investors have said no that don't want to touch that one and it's not always the case I mean tech is a very very problematic industry when it comes to these kind of things and so you know, I don't know. If Unfortunately, most industries we're, are. We're totally <laughs> extrapolating here because we don't really know why they're folding per se. Like it could be it wasn't the investment issue, but um, I don't know. You know, when you do something stupid, you got to live with the consequences and, yeah. you know, um, admit to it. And I don't think that's really happened, but maybe the living with consequences is finally happening. Just to whatever small extent that it is happening. Yes. Yeah, right. um, but also, also we've been like worried about how essentials going to, do since the launch of their phone and like how are they doing like every like other month it was like or every six months we're like hey is the central still alive and they'd be like oh yeah, yeah they're still alive they're just not making another phone but they're still pumping they're still gonna do software updates they're still around and we're like oh okay well what are they doing and they're like ah well they're just doing software updates so just that's fine and everybody's just like great my central phone still keeps these updates and then he oftentimes gets these updates before the pixels even do which was strange but you know so that was like, it was like lingering. And then all of a sudden, like, what was it? Almost two full years later, yeah. the gem device popped up and Andy Rubin like tweeted about it. And they're like, oh, okay, wait a second. <laughs> First of all, what is this thing? Second of all, I don't really want to see your face, Andy I Rubin. Mean, I, but let's talk about the device. I mean, the device quick. I was interested in. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Like to me, different new form factors are interesting, but there's so much baggage there is basically what it comes down to, right? I yeah. don't want to deal with it. What was the point of that device, though, really? Like, it looked like an Apple remote if it was a touchscreen. Hey, you got to try it. <laughs> not not you'll try it, okay? Like, I'm, as I said, this is kind of form factor. We're in a form factor, you know, like, experimentation era again. You remember it's the lipstick true. phone from uh, from Nokia around 2003 or four or whatever? Sure. I, I'm, I'm, I mean, that was I'm not saying it's right, but until we experiment and play and try... I think we won't know how it pans out, right? So I think this is kind of cool. It's true. And it looked like it was supposed to be maybe one of those devices that make you use your phone less, like, kind of like the Palm phone that, you know, just had certain functions. Yeah, I don't know if that's something I assume. No? Like, I mean, no, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying, oh, like, yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's something I feel is a is a thing. Like, I think that if you want <laughs> I'm to... Skeptical you know, too. <laughs> if you want to use a phone less, just just, you know, like... Maybe get a, a 4G smartwatch or something and, and you, you know, you can step away from your phone for a little while and you still have, like, at least the ability to take emergency calls uh, if somebody needs to reach you or text people by speaking out, you know, voice control, whatever. And, yeah, you, and know, you can filter your notifications. I just don't feel too. like having a second phone or even a primary phone that, you know, like those, there's a, a bunch of these phones that are billed as primary phones that you can switch to, basically, to you know, like reduce your phone use. That's BS. Just freaking like turn on do yeah. not disturb or something. Oh, that feature yeah. that OnePlus has, I think is really cool. Like it locks you out of your phone for, what is it? 20 minutes, 40 minutes, 50 minutes, something like that. You can set it, right? You can say like, 
Yeah. I am choosing to lock out my phone for the next 20 minutes. And I mean, right. still emergency calls and stuff come in, but yeah. Yeah. And then there's Google Envelope, right? You Correct. Like put it in the envelope and you can only use it like after a certain amount of time and in certain ways, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's th- having a device to to be secondary and somehow avoid you using your other device is kind of stupid. And I, like that's kind of what we saw with the Palm phone because one of the big issues was that the Palm phone couldn't take very good pictures, and like that would make and you have to life, take your phone right? wherever I mean, you're going. It was, right? I mean, I like I I know the Palm guys, the the people from Samsung that you know and form form the company, and uh, actually one of the people that work at Palm used to work at Pebble with me. So I I'm you know I have an affinity there. But and I, and I like what they're doing, but I feel like the the angle is wrong. The product is yeah. also slightly wrong. Like I think the product needs to be improved and could be improved, and maybe Gen Two will bring us that. But I think it's a little misguided. And yeah. but I don't want them to you know not continue trying. Is basically what I'm saying. Like like I would love a tiny phone that's you know usable, um, but the without good battery life and a camera that's decent, it's not usable. Like I'm not against yeah. trying to reduce my how much I do on my phone because it's small part because some people might choose to do that or maybe some people right. have small hands unlike you Corey <laughs> does does anybody know this about I me mean, um, I mean it's kind of the title of the show right like yeah if you didn't know I have rather large hands <laughs> thanks for letting us know again Corey <laughs> I I'm on you board 100 percent on this uh, you I like that you actually kind of took the bait there because that was exactly where <laughs> we were going with this because we're dorks was that the okay? fifth, like the fifth time I've said it <laughs> welcome to dorkhood or dorkland yeah or whatever you want to call it I approve the thank you dress. for playing along thank you for playing the game um Miriam I wanted to ask did you have an essential phone I do have one somewhere in a box um, a review unit. Um, it was cool. It's a white one, which is really cool. Oh, I actually yeah. wanted the emerald oh. and emerald and oh, gold everybody was the did. one I was hoping. That was that one. Really if cool I ever looking. find one of those in mint condition, I was just gonna buy it because it's cool. I like begged for a review unit just to have because I was like, I just this is like a piece of history. It feels like it was like a titanium ceramic phone that was like it was like one of the more be- it was like the first bezel-less phone kind of at the time. Well, was the S8 out before that? Uh, around mm. yeah it was it was the essay did come out yeah actually that. The, but this the one first no the phone that came out before the essential or around the same time was the me mix remember uh, yeah that's true oftentimes the chinese manufacturers definitely do something first and then it gets mimicked on a larger scale totally but it was a cool phone. It was a cool I phone really i think the camera it. was a misting a bit like in it's yeah. like so, so what's interesting about that generation of phones the essential and the first gen razor phone as well is that even though their cameras kind of sucked out of the box once you put the google camera on them it was Mm. back in business also i loved the 360 degree camera attachment i've used that at weddings it's a real it's a hit have you ever used the moto mod version of that there's a moto mod 360 camera as well I never actually used it in real life i used it like a like an event once or twice but yeah it was cool too it's like very useful I mean, in the same way. It didn't like the only problem I had with the Moto 360 cam was that it was pretty poor in low light, um, but in decent light it was actually pretty good. Um, of course, it's a Moto mod, which means you're gonna run a Moto Z phone, which makes you roll your eyes because the Moto Z phones are kind of like, Ugh. but right, you know, I mean, and that's funny too that you bring the Moto up because 
that was the other thing about the essential phone was they were going to try and kind of make it a modular phone just like they kind yeah, of Yeah, and they kind you know, of did with, with that camera and that headphone jack that was like an attachment seriously like what the hell that was yeah weird. but that's all that ever came from it but what i loved about that phone was as you said the materials and the size in hand it felt so good i did hand. love the size oh my god yes. it was amazing it felt it reminded me of like the first no not the first like the second or third generation ipods that started like the click wheel like if you remember the ones like the yeah. the u2 version yeah, that totally. was like red and black like that era and it had this nice heft to it it was cool yeah but R.I.P. Essential, R.I.P. Modular phones. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, um, modular phones in general. I mean, it just... I'm wondering if we're going to see another Z phone from Moto this year. Like, oh, was last year was the final one, the Z4. Um, I'm getting worried. Mm, we'll I see. Won't lie. <laughs> um, yeah. Last little bit. This is more of a, like, a, kind of like extra topic because it's kind of dorky and nerdy and I'm we're kind of nerds and doc. I mean, I, I can't speak for you, but I can speak for myself. <laughs> um, let's see. Let's see. The rotary cell phone. Somebody built a <laughs> rotary cell phone using an, an old rotary pad from a real rotary phone and then clubbed it together with an Arduino and a and a and a in a cellular radio uh, into a very basic working you can make calls using the dial rotary dial thing. And you can buy it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You can buy one if you there's want. A, there's a kit for two forty. Uh, but basically it was done by uh, this woman as a DIY project, which I think is really freaking cool. Justine Haupt is her name. Um, I, I, I will link to the Digital Trends story. You can click through and check it out. I mean, if you're just going to do voice calls, this has a little e-ink display on the back too, which I think is really cool. A curved e-ink. Yeah, uh, for like for text basically messages like, and Yeah, calls. basic stuff. Uh, very interesting. Uh, not something I'd use as a primary device personally, but I like that she did it and she did it all like multiple versions like this is the final outcome basically of her trying this a few times which i think is pretty right. damn cool because tinkering is cool yeah, it is it is and it looks kind of cool like people are definitely gonna think you're like in the cia or fbi or something if you pull that thing out it's got <laughs> this antenna that's like actually visible and yeah, they'll think you're in the FBI from like the 1970s, but it'll definitely still look. It's like got that retro futuristic thing, like you know, it looks like something that's modern in a way, but anachronistic and old in another way, all blended together. You know what? Kind of agreed because the side of it for that battery um, module, like it has a one to ten battery light, which is just like ten LEDs, ten green LEDs. <laughs> very rudimentary but it kind of looks like a router like on that side yeah yeah because of you that know? antenna it's funny you know a lot of the diy cell mo modules you can use like for 2g 3g um and even 4g connectivity to work with like uh raspberry pi or arduino are all obviously have external uh, they don't have an antenna built in they have an external connector and you can plug whatever antenna you want into it so you can you know, plug a, a very thin little antenna that's embedded in the case so that you don't see an antenna on the outside. Or you can do what she did, which is like go nuts and put a real little L-shaped, you know, um, antenna yeah. on there. Make it more retro looking. So pretty cool. I feel like... I feel like she just made this because she didn't want to text people anymore. Like, I think she kind of said something like that <laughs> to that effect. Yeah, that I mean, just like, I think it's cool. I mean, anybody who does a DIY thing like this, I think, is is an, is a, an interesting character in my book, and I support. So that's why I wanted to mention it. You know, and women in tech, you know, it's important. As a woman myself, it's like, it's hard, you know, to get recognition oh, sure. on the cool things you do. So kudos to to her for doing it.
Um, Kudos, Justine. Yeah. So there you go. You've uh, you've heard all the news and our rants and raves about the Z Flip. I'm definitely looking forward to getting mine. You are. You can't wait right now, right? Like you told me. Like I can't. But honestly, you know, I just want to say one last thing about that. Yeah. I can't wait for Apple to make one. <laughs> uh, good luck. I think it's going to be a little yeah. while. Uh, <laughs> it's I'm not be saying it's a no, but you know, it's always a crapshoot with Apple. It's like I know sometimes they just decide to skip entire categories of things just because they're like it's not worthy of us you know and, I and I, know. I, on I'm one so hand i respect that. that because then we don't get crap products but on the other hand i'm like you know it doesn't they always raise the bar when they do it like look when they finally yep. got serious about cameras which in my opinion happened with the iphone 11 series we're finally yeah. getting you know phenomenal imaging performance out of an iPhone. It's always been good, but I don't feel that there was any point in time, maybe the iPhone 4, where it was wow. phenomenal. Wow, crushing criticism. I think a lot of people would disagree with you there. I'm you sorry, but honestly. every time, they might not have been mainstream, but every time in the past, there was always an Android or other phone that was better in imaging than the iPhone. Ooh, Every single know. time. The I Pixels absolutely crushed that. the 10 and the crushed Pixels the only 10s. Came around like four years ago. The, the 10 and the 10s were crushed. All the iPhones, the large size iPhones from a 6, 6S, 7, 7, and 8, sorry, all did not, in my opinion, live up to my expectations at all. Uh, Huawei they, did well, better. Samsung did better. Video I'll is agree a different on, like, thing. But I still feel like yeah. for photography, Videos. the 11 is finally the one. And I'm glad they got their okay. S together. Uh, okay, yeah. Preach. Yeah, Preach, yeah. Girl. I mean, I'm, look, I'm with you. The reality is <laughs> I'm, I'm happy Imaging too. is a big part of what I cover. And I feel like, you know, right now, honestly, if you want the best, you know, like point and shoot, not have to set any settings and do anything, camera performance for like stills, you know, it's basically a toss between the 11 series and the Pixel 4. And I think that yeah. the twenty, the S twenty series is probably gonna be a, a serious player in that field as well. But I think the S ten series and Note ten series right now are not quite in the same league. And I feel like that you know Huawei is doing some really incredible things in imaging with the Mate thirty Pro and the P thirty Pro from last year, and probably in the P forty Pro that's coming soon. But these yeah. are phones that you have to like tweak to get the right results out of them, and color science is one of the problems that Huawei has that I feel could be better. Whereas I think uh, Apple particularly nails color science and, and Google does a pretty good job. But I feel like that's why the combo of an iPhone 11 with a Pixel 4 XL in my case is, is kind of a really damn great combo right now for imaging. Yeah, you got you know? all your bases yeah, basically. covered for sure. So anyway, imagine if that was all foldable into one little flip you phone. Got it. That's what we need. I need to like, basically I just need to glue my iPhone 11 on the back of my <laughs> that's Pixel true. 4 XL in or such a way a that the cameras are both uh, free, you know what I'm saying? Like kind of right. staggered and then uh, I'm good to sure. go, right? Um, Just nail them together. Then you have a foldable iPhone Pixel hybrid. Totally. Uh, Corey, do you want to tell the folks on the show where they can find you on social media and online in general? Yeah, you can catch me on Twitter at real underscore Gaskin. Um, you can also check me out on digitaltrends.com. Our, on our YouTube page as well. And, um, you know, keep up. Yes. We got a lot of news coming on. That's right. <laughs> you know, check out Corey's work. Good stuff. 
there's they have a podcast over there as well and there's lots of great youtube videos and stuff so you check it out i will link to a bunch of digital trend stories in the show notes so check that out folks and you all know where to find me i'm at tank girl on twitter and instagram that's like the comic book character tank girl uh, without the vowels and apparently there's a tank girl movie potentially coming another hey. one so i'm kind of stoked about that because i'm a big fan of the comic book of course Dope. so tank girl without the vowels is where you find me on twitter if you want to discuss the show the podcast do it on twitter because there's no standardized way of discussing podcasts on podcast apps you know it's not like you can comment yeah. on there and so then uh you know instagram is where you'll find pretty pictures of phones and also pretty pictures taken with phones there's a youtube channel that goes with the podcast called the, the mobile tech podcast youtube channel if you go to youtube.com slash mobile tech podcast you guessed it you'll get a bunch of complimentary content that goes with the podcast like hands-on videos unboxings that kind of stuff um if you stumble upon this show by accident and you're kind of wondering like how do i subscribe well mobiletechpodcast.com is the url you can go there and subscribe there's a bunch of links we're also on google podcast apple podcast pocket cast spotify pretty much everywhere and i say we because i always have a guest on the show you should subscribe and if you do have the ability to rate the show or you know review the show and you're preferred podcast platform please do because it does help you know spread the word spread the good word uh, of course subscribe to the youtube channel while you're at it like the videos tell your friends all that good stuff and finally i want to i want to thank our sponsor audible audible.com has been with us pretty much since the early days almost two years now or something and I want to thank them for being our great sponsor. And there's a special deal for you folks if you stay tuned for a minute. Uh, basically, you know, Audible is a platform for audiobooks. If you like books and you like to read, but for some reason you're driving all day, you're on a road trip or whatever, and you can't read and you have to listen, they are the ones to do that. Like, they are the platform. Check it out. Um, Audible has really great selection of books. On top of that, a lot of the books are read by the author. I think it's, it's really nice to have an author read their own book. You really kind of get into it. And the deal is that if you want to support the podcast, if you want to help us out, there is something in return for you. And that's um, the free trial that they have. They have a 30-day free trial, but ours is special because you get to keep anything that you download in that 30 days. Um, if you don't want to sign up after that, that's cool. You don't have to, but that's the deal. So 30-day free trial, check it out. And there's a link in the show notes below. It's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. That's audibletrial.com slash mobile tech. If you want to support us, please click through, sign up for Audible, try it out for a bit, see if you love it, and that'll help us out. So thanks to Audible for being with us since the beginning and being a great supporter of the show. And Corey, thanks for being with us on the show today. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Miriam. It was so much fun. Yeah, so we'll have you on again. Like, <laughs> there we go. We'll make it happen. Um, it's a date. Yeah, so no MWC. Uh, tomorrow was the day I was supposed to fly out, uh, but um, it's not happening. So we'll have a bunch of phone launches in March, I'm pretty sure. So stay tuned for that, right, Corey? Yeah, yeah. there's a lot going on. They, they got to launch somewhere. Yeah, exactly. So folks, we'll have another show next week. So come back and we'll talk to you then. Cheers, everybody. This has been the Mobile Tech Podcast with Tank Girl, proudly presented by worldpodcasts.com. You can visit us online at mobiletechpodcast.com.